if, if things keep going the way they are, they're going to be like an excess 100,000 kids in the next five years. <laughs> really? And then who's going to take care of that? I think the bottom line, I mean, if you have room in your heart and a loving home, I mean, providing a home for a child who doesn't have one, I mean, I don't think there's a better thing you could possibly do. It's the Foster to Forever podcast. Happy stories of non-traditional families born through Foster to Adopt. I'm your host, Rachel Fulginetti. So my guests today are the amazing Ted Simonin and Daniel Serrano Simonin. Ted is an old friend of mine. We studied in London together um, a million years ago. And uh, it turns out we have both fostered two adopted children. The star of our show today is really Daniel Serrano Simonin, um, who we have with us right now, who is the actual adoptee who we would love to talk with now. Um, Daniel, hi. How are you? Hello, Miss Rachel. Um, can you tell everybody how old you are to start out? I'm 12 going on to 13. All right. Awesome. And how long have you guys been a forever family? We've been forever family for like eight, eight years now. No, not eight years. Like, no, like five. Five, five, five. Five, five years. Five years. Okay. All right. Very cool. Can you remember um, in as much or as little detail as you want, uh, what was your life like before you guys came together, before you met your parents? No, you know, it was really hectic because I always misbehaved and I didn't know how to act around adults mm-hmm. and I didn't really get to do anything. So I didn't go anywhere and all that. So, yeah. Had you been with other families before or not? Multiple. Yes. Multiple. Multiple families. Yeah. So I can imagine that would be after a while. Like how many do you remember or? I would say like seven or eight. Since you were like a baby? Mm-hmm. Since I was like a Two. Really, really, yeah, two. Wow. And did you ever, did you stay in touch with any of those people or were they not? Um, no, not, 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 not really. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, tell me what, how did you guys, how did you meet your dads? So we were on something called a sibling visit mm-hmm. and we went to a fair and um, we um, met them. Me and my siblings met them, Ted and Carlos, and they were like basically two older brothers to me because mm-hmm. um, they were volunteering. Okay. Yeah. And so had had you, um, Ted, can you jump in and, and say, yeah. so uh, were you guys going there because you knew that you wanted to adopt or what? Yeah, actually, so Carlos and I, my husband Carlos, uh, we started volunteering, um, and we actually met Daniel's advocate. His name's Mike Rosos, um, kind of like his social worker. Mm-hmm. And we first were introduced to him as his volunteers. So we were kind of brought to these events that they would have for foster care kids, mm-hmm. and we would just kind of go help out and just act like we were there to have fun. But we were in the back of our minds thinking of adopting, but we weren't really sure. So we were just kind of checking it out to see how it would go. Right. Um, and he, in his mind, matched us up with Daniel, and we were introduced. It was actually a, a few days before 
my birthday, I had to jump on a flight. And so we just spent a couple hours at a park, um, but mm-hmm. we just immediately hit it off. And, you know, I had never really been around kids that much. Mm-hmm. And I remember Daniel looked at me and he wanted me to go into this big bouncy house. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And he's like, come on, follow me. And I looked at Carlos. I'm like, I'm not going to do this. And we went in there and I flipped over this one hurdle and I literally almost killed him. Do you remember? Oh my God. Literally almost killed him. And really? we both, we both just started hysterically laughing and we just, it's been great ever since. Oh, that's so awesome. That's yeah. so cool. And and how did you feel, Daniel? Did you know right away, like, oh, this is a good match? Or were you just kind of like, okay, these people are cool, like, whatever? How Before did you feel? I almost got killed. I felt um, <laughs> yeah. I had were a good hurt? connection with them. No, I didn't get hurt. Okay, almost, um, I felt really good. I had a good bonding connection with them. Good, good, good. And so then, like, at the end, so you guys spend the day together. And then after that, you were like, let's meet up again. Is that how it works? Yes. I'm, yeah, we pretty much started meeting up like every weekend after that. Okay. Okay. And you had mentioned it was a sibling fair, so you had other siblings there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so how many siblings do you have? And, and did they end up getting adopted to different families or what happened? I have five siblings. Okay. And they all got adopted. Um, I have a little little brother. Um, named Rafi got adopted to this wonderful home. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Kalija and Eddie, my two older siblings, and they got they both got adopted together to a nice family. Mm-hmm. And um, my twin sister, I haven't heard from her in like eight years, but I know she is adopted because I saw a picture of her. Okay. She changed her name to Allison. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How does it feel like, do you stay in touch with any of them be, besides obviously your, your twin sister? Um, do, are they in the area yeah, that you guys um, live? Like, can you visit them or what happens with them? Uh, we, so um, my brother lives in Fort Lauderdale and he's a three hour drive from us, but it's kind of embarrassing, but we, I play Fortnite with him. If you know that game, oh. Fortnite. You know what? Like, I know, I know it, but I don't know it. And it doesn't seem embarrassing to me at all. Like, I think it sounds good. I don't know. It sounds like a connection to me. Yeah. 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 I play with my brother and we we FaceTime a lot. Um, I FaceTimed him actually a few minutes ago. That's nice. So while they're they're playing on the game just like this, they're constantly communicating all the time. Right. So it's good. They still stay close. Yeah. No, I think that's really great. I think that's awesome. Um, Yeah, because I can imagine that would be weird. Like, Thank God it's great that they all got adopted because I imagine that it would be hard if it was like some of them didn't and you did. That would have been like been hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they all found forever families. That is so cool. Mm. At that one adoption event or just various different places? Various different places. Okay. Okay. Easter hunting and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their social worker or advocate, they call it. His name uh-huh. is Mike. They call him Uncle Mike. He was really just did a great job to make sure everybody was matched up. I love that. Yeah. And so, okay, so you guys are meeting on the weekends. It's going really good. And then so how do they, like, do you say, okay, we're ready to take this to the next step? And what do you do, like a sleepover or something? Or like, how does it work? What's the next step? Um, Me and my brother love doing sleepovers. Um. Name's Eddie. Mm-hmm. And 
for all the time when we're doing sleepovers. I have Fortnite PS4. I go to bed first. I wake up at 1 a.m. and I hear him screaming because he's playing Fortnite. I'm like, bro, go <laughs> to brother. My, I'm like, bro, go <laughs> to bed. What are you doing? <laughs> well, what about when you first started staying with us? Tell her about that experience. It felt amazing. It's I didn't I didn't really behave a lot. I was always mm-hmm. misbehaving and I was very difficult to handle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All, on all that medication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did you guys handle that? Like, were there? Well, I can I can only imagine that it would be you know at first you're at a place that you haven't been at before and there would be stuff. Like, were there challenges in the beginning? I'm sure there were. And and like, what were those challenges? And how did you surmount them? You want me or Daniel to talk? Either, either, either or. Um, well, I mean, we had to have a formal home study done, right? Right. So right. we had this second bedroom that we basically put together for him with bunk beds because we weren't sure if it was just going to be one child or two. Uh-huh. We, you know, didn't want to separate anybody. Right. Um, but then we met Daniel and eventually we were allowed when we decided that we we, we thought we wanted to adopt him. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave us permission to have a sleepover. Do you remember when you slept over? Yes. And he was on medication, mm-hmm. um, which would kind of tire him out a little bit, like uh-huh. take away his energy just so he was kind of like easier to control, I want to say. Yeah. But I do remember every mm-hmm. night, like around seven, eight o'clock, the medication would wear off. Mm-hmm. And what would happen? The zoomies, like a dog. <laughs> what do you mean, what? The zoomies. So I'd run around. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would, he was just. I was. I would watch WWE though, so that would. Yeah, that was that was during his WWE phase. <laughs> so he was like taking stuff and like throwing it everywhere. And, right. Um, but I have to admit, as horrible as this may sound, um, we could see that behind the medication and deep down there was this really good kid. So when the pandemic hit, and he was living with us, we both decided we were going to be home for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Let's. We worked with the doctors to get him off the medication to see yes. if he could function and how it would work. And since we'd be home, it was the perfect time to do it. And he's been off it ever since, and it's been great. Oh, my God. That's so awesome. I yeah. love that. It's unfortunate that it takes a pandemic, to, but I yeah. mean, it gave us the opportunity to, to do that. To get closer. Yeah. To get closer. Yeah. yeah. No, and totally. we got, I mean, we were together for a year, and then the pandemic hit, and we were just, we were spent every day together right. for, what, a year and a half? Right. Remember? Yes, sir. Yeah. It's funny. I felt that way too. Joe um, and my husband and Isabella and I, we had that experience as well of of just really, really bonding as a family in a way that we maybe hadn't so much before because he was working. My husband was working like two and a half hours one way, two and a half hours back, and he was never around. So like we adopted her when she was a month old, but like three and a half weeks old. But but we didn't spend time, all of us together, yeah. as much until the pandemic. So that was a huge bright side for us, was just being able to spend all that time together, all three of us, and and do that. So I, I totally um, resonate with that, for sure. Let's back up one second. So then you spent the, the overnight, and then that overnight turned into more overnights. And, and along the way, you were getting certified, because you, Ted, and Carlos weren't actually certified yet. Is that well, correct? Well, here's what well, we actually normally it takes 12 weeks 
to get certified. Right. And we took uh, a, like a condensed summer class. Okay. Where they had two classes a week instead of one a week. Uh-huh. So we were actually certified within six weeks. Oh, okay. And then we did get a private home study done. Mm-hmm. So we were able to adopt fairly quickly. I mean, they told us it would take three years. But mm-hmm. for us, from start to finish, we pretty much had it done within a year. But we never fostered. We only mm-hmm. wanted to adopt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing, if you're willing to adopt an older child, I say yes. between the ages of 7 or 10 or older, yes. like teenagers, mm-hmm. it's just a much quicker process because there's yeah. just less of a demand. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So that's... That's how we were able to get this all done within a year. But, I know, I it's mean, incredible. We're just lucky that it clicked really well with the Daniel right off the bat. I mean, yeah. we're just really lucky. What were some of the the fun things that you did right away? Because he was, what, seven when, when he came to live with you? He was or seven, actually eight? when he was eight and then he turned nine fairly quickly. Okay. But what were some of the fun? But you know, you know what kills me is that when we used to pick him up to as volunteers, Mm-hmm. we used to do what we'd call family fun day. That's what we used to call it. Okay. So tell her like some of the things we used to do. Like, for example, do you remember? Um, We went Easter hunting, like yeah. in a big field. We would play tag. We would, we would go to trampoline parks, actually. Yeah. Water mm. parks. Yeah. Putt-putt, mini golf. Yeah, mini yeah. golf. Yeah. Disney World. Yeah, we went to, Dis- we went to mm-hmm. Disney World. After the adoption. Yeah. Nice. But, but we used to do that every weekend. And now that we're officially a family, we still actually try to keep up that tradition. Yeah. On the birthday? I wouldn't say we, well, just, we used to do it every weekend, but yeah. I mean. Wow. It's not, it's not easy on your wallet. No. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. They must like, have a, yeah. like a, some kind of a pass though for residents. Yeah. Right. Cause no, that no, would but, be really I mean, expensive. But now we do it like even we'll just take a drive up to the beach and take a long walk along the beach and things like that. And yeah. We always call it we always call it like family fun day. And then I remember like we went bowling. I remember when we went bowling. What did we get in the uh, we, we got games. we got um this big stuffed animal dog yeah. that we named Rocky, and <laughs> he know. stayed with us for years. And I loved the animal, but it was did our pet dog. But it was a stuffed animal. But our yeah. pet dog loved Rocky. right. <laughs> but it was like one of the first things we ever did together and we we did one of those claw games where the yeah. thing comes down the, the, guy uh-huh. said, the, stuffed uh-huh. animal. the guy said no one has caught that in years he's like no one hit, this huge dog comes out of the claw no way game. those things never work like i'm always they telling izzy work. they don't work yeah. like they're a waste of money <laughs> i know but this huge stuffed dog came out of this machine we're like that's it that's a sign Oh my God. That's so awesome. Because that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you is I feel like every time I hear one of the forever family stories, there's always these meant to be aspects to it, or at least something like that. So that seems like, yeah, that's a really special sign. Can you guys think of anything else that was felt special or meant to be or anything like that? Um, What's your middle name? Um, Amakdudo. All right. So after Daniel was adopted, I never looked at his birth certificate and we were having dinner and this, we had the, all the paperwork that were given to us from the social worker and everyone else. And I looked at his birth certificate. Mm-hmm. We have the same middle name and it's my father's first name. So it's, it, we both share Arthur. Wow. Oh, that's so cool. I love it. Do you guys have a community of other adoptive families or anything like that? 
I don't, but I would love that for my children because it's it's a little bit different. I mean, it's not different at all because we're just a family, but also like, you know, for our family, we're like a transracial family. So that's a different aspect as well. And I'm just wondering yeah. if there's any sort of like community like that. Uh, well, Carlos and I, before we started adopting, we used to be part of this group where they would meet every week and they still send us emails and we mm -hmm. will go from time to time because everyone's so great. Yeah. Um, but as far as other people that have been adopted, you know, once you adopt a child, we've realized that a lot of people in our lives have been adopted, mm -hmm. you know, so, but, you know, we just, we don't talk about it a lot in terms of the adoption, um, right. but, it's, but Carlos is, I mean, I grew up in a white middle-class family. Right. Carlos is hundred percent Puerto Rican. Uh -huh. So I would say that our viewpoints on how to raise a child are a little bit different. What mm, do you think? Interesting. He's, Carlos Carlos is more stricter and more louder. He's more calm and not as strict. Yeah. To set the record straight, though, Carlos is dad and I am daddy. Right? Can yes. we say that? Is that yeah, what you guys call, yeah, dad and dad? And how did yeah. you guys decide so, that? Like, did you, was that just but, a natural? Yeah. Natural. Yeah. I think yeah. you kind of decided that, right? Yeah. But sometimes... But sometimes I'll say, I'll, we'll call him dad, but they'll understand which one I'm talking about by my tone. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. Being in Florida, and you don't have to answer this question if you don't want to, but I, I got to ask because you're in Florida sure. in yeah. this culture and climate of hate in a lot of ways. Yes. Does that affect you guys as a family or how, how is that for you? And, and Daniel, do you experience anything? I mean, I'm at school, a lot of people... Yeah, people they... make fun of me for having two dads, but I don't care, bro. What do they say? They just say, like, why do you have two dads? And you're weird for having two dads. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. So, Good. Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of were big on, you know, well, that's their problem, not ours. Right. Yep. Um, yep. And that's it. I mean, things do happen. But again, I feel like it's just an older generation and it's just completely right. changing. Because of the phones. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean... People like that are always going to exist. We just don't let it right. bother us or hold us back from anything. Right? I love that. Yep. And was it was it something that you had to get used to, Daniel, or were you like right on board right away? And you're just like, yeah, that's cool. Like, yeah, it was weird, right, for you at first. Yeah, but I didn't care. Yeah. I do remember we were at Disney. Remember at Disney, we were on that boat. Yeah. When we were celebrating our adoption, mm -hmm. he insisted that we hold hands while we were in public. And like we just we wouldn't do that. We're just not mm. into the PDA. Uh-huh. Um, but I remember Daniel was like, come on, dad, daddy, go ahead, you know, hold hands. So he's, I mean, he's so innocent. He was only nine years old. It's, right. It's, it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so awesome. And I'm so happy for you guys. Like I just, every time I hear a story, I'm just like, yay, that's so cool. Last question for you, Daniel, uh, unless there's other stuff you want to tell me about or talk about, what would you say to a kid a young person, someone who is still waiting to be adopted. And like, what, what would you say to them? Or do you have any, any kind of words for them? Hmm. Don't take your adopted parents for granted. Um, they are sacrificing to bring you um, into their home and into their warming hearts. So just give them respect and um, adapt to your new home. Oh, that's so awesome. I love it. Oh. It's well a great said. piece of advice. Yeah. 
I can't wait to see you like watch you grow up and see all the good things that you do. I'm so, so happy for you guys. Does Carlos want to jump in or are you guys? Yeah, 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 I'll get him. Yeah, see if you can jump okay. in. Okay. Hi, Hi how are you? Sorry, he's just busy coming no in. Worries. How are you? Ted, you might have just spoken to this, but I don't know. Uh, did you guys always want to be parents? Like, did you think about being parents or were you kind of ambivalent about it? Um, I'll take this. I'll be honest. I grew, up in a, <laughs> I grew up in a really big family. And, um, and, and when I say big, my mom's one of 13 children. I'm one of 37 first dozens. Um, wow. And it just did not occur to me that I wouldn't have a family someday. Right. It just wasn't. It just wasn't anything that I thought um, was normal. When I figured out, you know, my my orientation, that mm. didn't change. Right. So, um, but we didn't. You know, I just, even though I thought I would always have a family, I would have to find the right person to have a family with. And then, you know, we met. We had a great relationship, and um, still do. And uh, you know, it just it felt right at the time of our lives. We were homeowners. Mm-hmm. We we're mm-hmm. doing well in our careers. And um, all our friends have kids and, and, you know, it was just nice to see him go into the games and this, that, and the other. So, um, you know, it just, it became inevitable. And he was one we met and we felt an instant connection with him. Mm-hmm. Um, went through, I'm sure you talked about all the <laughs> trials and tribulations went through with stuff. Yeah. But um, now I just, it's been, it's been a few years and I can't, I can't even remember what it was like before. Yeah. And and that's something I really want to like drill down on because so many people are so afraid because they're like kids who've been in the system they're going to have all these problems and blah 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 yeah. blah and like my thing is and I'm sure you guys feel this way obviously is like but love just love and stability can heal so much and you guys mm-hmm. are really uh, I mean your family is a testament to that right like I mean yeah. were, did you have those fears going into it or Yeah, we did. We definitely yeah. did. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, right, you sit there and say, um, these kids do come with problems, right? They, they just do. Yep. They, they don't have the same upbringing. That's right. But um, I also have friends, families, cousins whose kids have issues and they yes. raise them from the day they were, you know, born. So yeah. um, it, it, the thing is, when you, okay. you, you, we took the classes, I don't know if Ted spoke to you about this. They try to scare you and tell mm-hmm. you all these horrible things that could happen. And <laughs> yes. then I was just going to, and I'm just like, no. And, but then um, there are other people who, you know, watch the Cosby show or, or this, any other, they see these nice glossy pictures and they think that's what's going to happen. Right. Um, and, and I knew that there was an in-between. Kids are kids, right? Yeah. They just are. Right. And yes. what too many people go on with this fantasy of all these great pictures and these outings. And it just, it's just, it's part of it that does happen. Right. But, you know, there's a lot to get through no matter what. And then as he gets older, now you've got, you know, hormones and you've got society and you've got telephones and you've got internet and and you know you're just juggling it all around and um so i mean it's it's different like we we talked about i mean the elementary years is definitely more innocent Mm -hmm. now we're moving into middle school years where he's worried about his hair and having a girlfriend and all that stuff but it's equally enjoyable it's just you know different but (laughs) i do believe that you want to tell people that you know choosing a child is like just, you know, choosing someone you're going to share your life with. I mean, don't just see the things you want to see. I mean, if you do see red flags, you know, don't do it because it will be a big sacrifice. Uh-huh. But if, you know, you spend enough time with the child and you feel like it's it's a right fit, then just do it and don't look back and it'll be the best decision you ever made. Right. 
And I, I feel like there's a lot of resources. We did a lot of research. You know, there's yeah. this thing called, uh, you know, there's lots of, of things online, lots of friends, lots of support. So, you know, there were times where I just didn't think I could deal with something. And right. I would really research and, and, you know, Google and do all these things. And they were giving us different methods on how to how to deal with the situation, you know, right. you know, anger or, or whatever. And, and they worked. Sometimes some yeah. of them worked, some of them didn't. And it was trial and tribulation. And it worked. It's just patience. Yeah. Who's getting right. through it is a lot of patience. Yes. I mean, yes. you know, as a parent, I mean, sometimes oh oh. they yeah. reach it. But you know, it's funny. It's like getting mad doesn't even, I don't even get mad anymore because it doesn't even, it's not even worth it. It doesn't change anything. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Yeah. 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 So. I still get mad. <laughs> I still get mad sometimes. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I know. But um, no, no, but, but I, it's I, different I, when they're older. As they're older, they get more independent. I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. That's so cool. And How did like your job when you when you you feel like you can give them a little bit of, of space and and to be on their own and you can trust them and yes. you know you, you know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing because they're becoming now adults. You know, my mom's very strict and she was like, "Don't let kids do this. Don't let kids do that." Mm-hmm. But I always say, kids are going to be kids for what 15, 16, 17 years. Yeah. They're going to be adults for 40, 50, 60. You know, you're trying to build a, a, a base to get a great adult, not just right. an obedient child. Yes, yes, yes. Um, are you still um, like how how does your families receive Daniel and, uh, you know, you know, what happens with the extended family? Well, I mean, my extended family is basically my I have a twin brother and an older sister. And I mean, they, you know, love him to death. But, yeah. You know, we go up there maybe twice a year. Um, but yeah, they've been super supportive. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, my, my mom, you know, he calls her grandma and, and you know, they have a, a regular grandson-grandma relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of our friends were our, fa- our you know, chosen family. Yeah. And they were yeah. just so excited for us through the whole process and really supportive. Yeah. and. You know, they just, they love following the journey. And so it's just nice. And they're always ready for advice. So um, they've never, ever treated like it's, you know, like we adopted um, Mm -hmm. uh, some stranger. It just become, this became our son and that's it. And now, you know, they just look at it that this was always the way it was supposed to be. The funny thing is people say that if we actually had a son, he would look like him. (laughs) Isn't that weird? Yeah. I can totally see that too. (laughs) So, and that was part of it. Again, it was just the instant connection. You know, we, 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 uh, I don't know how much Ted told you, but you know, you look at all these websites and you see pictures and uh, I don't know if he told you the story, but um, one of the first times when we first started this journey, I did see a picture of Daniel and then it disappeared. It was gone and it said, you know, um, it's been placed Mm. and we were in months later, months later. And then um, that placement did not go through. And one day I was sitting there it fell through and, and um, one day I was just talking to the counselor and it just happened to me and I'm telling her my frustrations and, you know, I'm really fighting for it. And then she goes, you know what? Um, this one kid just became available. And um, what if I introduce you? And, um, and then when I went and she said, sent me the video, I was like, oh my goodness, this is the first kid that we saw okay. that we actually looked at. It was just Gizmo. There's the meant to be thing again. Like there, that I was saying uh, earlier that I feel like there's always this meant to be piece in everybody's mm-hmm. story. It's like, yeah, that's meant to be. Yeah, it's been great. It's been great. And there are days, like you said, like any other kid, you just look at them and you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. you just don't know what you're doing. You don't, 
you don't know where it's going, you don't know what's up, and then there comes a little smile or your your regular thing, and and you know, and then it just all falls back into place. Yeah, and you know they become family when no matter what happens, it's easily forgiven and forgotten. That's right. And some days I just look at it and I was like, oh man, I forgot. He gets, you know, right. gets in a mood at, at, you know, seven in the morning if we're doing something. Because um, yep. you just forget from week to week, from day to day. It just, you just right. see the positives and, and that kind of sticks in your mind. Would you guys ever do it again? Like, do you, would you ever consider taking, bringing another child into your forever family? I wanted to. Mm-hmm. However, the dynamic that we have developed, I think it was because it was unique because we just fell into the pandemic and mm-hmm. we were just forced to be together 24 hours a day, seven days a week for almost a year um, it, with I, no friends, no family, no anything. It just became this the three of us. And mm-hmm. I think bringing somebody else into this dynamic might be a little tough. But I mean, I, I think we're kind of happy with our two and a half men scenario. We're okay mm-hmm. with that. Right. Um, yeah. We've mm-hmm. seen Daniel, how he interacts with his nieces and nephews, mm-hmm. and it's great. But he, the thing is also, he does have siblings. We talked about this. He does yes. have brothers and sisters right. already. Yep. So, and he is close with Eddie and everything and, and a lot of them. His twin sister were, that's a whole other story. Like he has a twin sister. We want right. them to be closer. Right. But her parents that adopted her, she's in a safe home. She's great, uh-huh. doing well, but they aren't very supportive with the same sex marriage. Oh, and God. they don't. They're very religious. religious. They're very religious. Uh. Because they don't agree with our lifestyle. They had just said, you know, um, no contact whatsoever. Oh, so really we, sad. We, when we lived in Fort Larda, we tried to set up play dates for them, you know, mm-hmm. at least have them together. Yeah. Have her in his life. And. We sent a gift on their birthday. Mm-hmm. Can we please get together in a park? We'll be there. Da da da. Yeah. They sent us a Bible. A Bible sleep. with oh, highlights yes. saying men oh. should not sleep with other men. Or oh. with other they didn't men. send it to us. That's what she gave. That's what they gave him for his birthday. Oh lord. So that was the gift, and he was so excited. Oh my god, my sister gave me some. Oh, because we had um, uh, um, a mentor in between that you know had contact with them and contact with us. Uh huh. You know, we were trying to go with the go-between. But, you know, again, I'm sure it, there's, that trauma's there. There's always going to be an issue there. But he's right. dealing with it. Um, well, we're, we're, we've got our resources. And, you know, we just, we, we all go through something. Everybody does. Um, yeah. You know, none of us has the same story. And we just, we figure it out. And if one thing doesn't work, we try something else. And if that doesn't work, we try another thing. And Right. But, yeah. I mean, so, Daniel, I mean, I have to, God bless him. I mean, he, how adult and how much stuff he has to kind of take on but he's fully aware that she's in a loving home that mm-hmm. she's doing well and he understands that one day when they're old enough yeah with, you know social media and everything else they can be as close as they want to be that's and right he understands that Absolutely. you know yeah yeah but i think the bottom line i mean if you have room in your heart and a loving home i mean providing a home for a child who doesn't have one i mean I don't think there's a better thing you could possibly do. I know. But you have to go into it eyes wide open. I mean, eyes wide open, heart wide open, uh, because if not, it's just not going to work. What what you Mm -hmm. think is going to be, it just never is. Because it's tough. It's tough. All of a sudden, you've got this stranger in your home, and they've got all these emotions, and they've got all these bad habits. And you know, you, you have to remember, this is not the way it was when it was just the two of us for years. 
Right. You know, we both, it changes we both, the dynamic, yeah. doesn't it? Yep. It's huge. Oh. It's huge. Yeah. For us. If you can get that, you so, know, yep. I mean, our lives oh, yeah. changed uh, immensely. Me. You know, I know. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me. We, we used to I think know. about going out for cocktails. Now we're like going to the trampoline. I haven't had a drink in two years. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 the way it is. But you you get into your new normal. But right. um, again, sorry. As long as you know what it is, again, you gotta really go in with your eyes wide open and your heart wide open. Yep. Um, and, and you can make it happen. It's just these. Some people just think they want these cute little kids right. running around and play dress up, but. They're human beings, and they're human beings who've gone through stuff that you wouldn't know. And you're not going to know that sometimes for six months, sometimes for a year into placement. That's right. Um, and it comes up, and, and what do you do? Like any other kid, you find them therapy, you get them psychiatrists if they need to, support, um, and they can happen anyway. So yeah, right. I, I would say if you want to have a family and you really know what it's all about, I mean, please do it, especially with, and let's not get into politics or whatever nowadays, but yeah. um, if, if things keep going the way they are, they're going to be like an excess 100,000 kids in the next five years. I know. Um, really. And then who's going to take care of them? Yep. Because the I system know. won't be able to handle it. Yeah. I know. We're needed. Yep. I, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if we could go back, we would not change a thing. No. Definitely. I mean... Yeah, we're going on a cruise next month, and I'm just so happy that the three of us are just going to have a few days in Mexico, and it's going to be awesome. And this is like, this is it. I mean, this is like till the day you die, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, but yeah. it's amazing. It's what life's all about, right? And it, did he it, talk really... to you about our our differing? Um, sorry to, uh, but our differing parenting. ways parenting skills. Yeah. Like, no, you know, I would he, love to hear more his American about that. Style, yeah, his American style is, is very independent children, and uh-huh. you know, come when he becomes of age, you know, it's time for him to leave the nest, whatever. I'm like, <laughs> dude, until he gets married, <laughs> you know, until he gets married, he's gonna be living in our house and doing what he's got to do. He'll save up, he'll buy his home, and you know, and, and while he's in college, you know, I'll be washing his clothes, and it's Aww. just what we do. It's the way we are. <laughs> but know? I'm thinking, 18, he's off to school, and that's it. We're done. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, no. I mean, we even when we purchased a car, 18. we even thought oh, in a few years he's going to be 16, so that way we can leave it with him by the time it's paid off and we'll go. And, you know, that's just the way I think. Right. Um, it's but, just the way our family's always been. Um, I see my mother and talk to my mother almost every day, you know, right. and it's just, yeah. we can talk for an hour, two hours about absolutely nothing. Right. And, um, yeah, it's just the way but we are. I never grew up like that. I mean, Carlos is definitely a helicopter dad. I'm, more like, all right, do you have your phone? Go to, you can go to Paxton's house, have fun, text us. And he's like checking every five minutes where he's at, looking at the GPS. Why yeah. have you called me every 10 minutes? I mean, it's like. I have my reason. Did, yeah, I have reasons. Reasons. did you guys know that going in? Like, had you talked about parenting before you no. did this? Or you just like, kind of like learn on the job type situation? The difference. I mean, we were together for a long time before we yeah. did it. We kind yeah. of, I'm sorry, we kind of knew each other's ways. You know, we okay. know each other's families really well. His yep. family and my family are just completely different animals. And, um, you know, so I think we, we, he knew, he knows I'm the more intense one. He's the more laid back one. Right. We're, we're definitely the opposites attract kind of thing. And it works for us. Right. So, and we do the same thing with him, you know, whenever something discipline needs to be, sometimes I'll be like, okay, I'll be the bad guy. You'd be the good guy. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. And I'll come yeah. in and I'll lay down the rules and say whatever. And then he'll come back and he's like, oh, you know, dad doesn't, you know, whatever. So, um, we, while we didn't discuss it beforehand, I think as we went through this, we had some real serious conversations. And there was another one for some couples, 
-hmm. We said from day one, it's you and me against the world. You know, we're here to bring this child in. But, but, and when we were just, right when we were talking about, I said, but, you know, before we adopt, the child will not come between us. And we need to make sure that it won't mess up our dynamic Mm -hmm. um, with each other because, because it would never work that way. You know, we would never be able to parent this child if we let a child wedge us. Right. But sometimes I don't agree with what he, the way he's disciplining Daniel, I guess. Uh-huh. And then I'll say something and that's probably not a good thing. Yeah, like, agree with You should have those good. conversations when Daniel's not around. Yeah. But sometimes you just right. kind of get caught up in the moment. Yes. You know? Of course. Yeah. A hundred percent. So, yeah. yeah. Like, remember Daniel was putting on his sneakers and I swear it took him like 20 minutes. And then when he finally got them on, you're like... Why are you wearing those pants? Go change your pants. And I'm like, you just told him to put his sneakers on. Why are you telling him to take out his pants? Right. That type of thing. You know? Right. Oh, yeah, totally. Just we do that too. Stuff like, yeah. yeah. Yep. yep. But I mean, but then Daniel comes and he's like, thanks for sticking up for me, dad. He does yeah. say that. So he's right. afraid. he'll tell me things that he's afraid to tell Carlos because he's afraid he'll get right. upset. Mm. Right? Like yeah, and we, we left things like, we, we planned things like, okay, you'll have your alone time with them. I'll have my alone time with them. We'll right. have our family time together. You know, th- yep. this, this started with the whole bonding. And um, yeah, we just kind of did the thing. But we always, we, we butt heads on on how and why certain things are done. Yeah. But we already know if you're already in the process of disciplining or saying something or getting involved in something, we just step back the other one and then we'll discuss our opinions after. Yeah. Right. Yep. But- I'm, in the end, he just does whatever the hell he wants. Anyway, so, <laughs> did know? you? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, did you when when things were the hardest, which I can imagine was probably after like the honeymoon period was over, right? Like after he came and at first it was probably like a honeymoon period. Or was there never a, you're shaking your head. Was there never a honeymoon period? No, there wasn't. it was just be, well, because of the medication. It, uh, but it, not only, it's his personality. Okay. Daniel okay. is Daniel is Daniel. Uh-huh. Um, he was, he's always been a sweet kid with a mis- mischievous side. He's, that's okay. who he is mm-hmm. at his core. Mm-hmm. So he never, you know, um. But I mean, at the beginning, he used to do those shows in the living room yeah. where he would sing. But he then I think that. that just went with the age. Yeah, he still does that He still now. does that. Yeah, yeah. But the the honeymoon period, I mean, I guess it was there when we were his volunteers and we were doing those. He used those. to eat everything uh-huh. I put in front of him. That was our ball. That was mm. our. He never. He wasn't picky about certain things, right? Uh-huh. That was our honeymoon period. Like mm-hmm. if you made rice and beans, he would eat it. If you had pizza, he would eat it. You know, as yep. he got more comfortable, it's like I don't like it. Right. You yeah. know, I don't got to do this. Right. You know, type of thing. But then there were things like you know, pick up your room, clean it, do this, do that. You know, for yep. goodness sakes, if you go to the bathroom, flush it. Um, <laughs> those yep. things still to this day are like, nope, I'm not going to yep. do it. Yeah. Um, so, but then I talked to other parents and, and, you know, I was talking to another, uh, gymnastics mom. She was like, oh my God, there was something crawling around in my son's room because he had a plate in there for like a month. And right. Just, yeah. Oh, and I'm God. just like, okay, so we're not the only ones. Yeah, it no, happens. yeah. Kids are kids are kids. Yeah. But yep. Daniel's in the foster care since he was two. And by the right. time we got him, he was like almost nine. Eighth placement. We were the eighth placement. And he, he just failed adoptions. He just never understood the idea of like family and respecting your things. Cause they, mm. I don't feel like he ever felt like it really belonged to him. Cause they always belonged to the state. Uh-huh. If that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. One of the first things we ever did, I picked him, we went to a 
a hobby store. I bought him a rocket to shoot off in the backyard because that's I, something I used to do with my dad. Mm-hmm. And he, we got into the car. He opened it up. He couldn't wait to open it up. He took the box as mm-hmm. we were on the, driving home mm-hmm. and like threw it out the window on the highway. The first thing I, I oh, was like, man. what are you like, doing? What are you doing? You Why would you do that? Yeah. Do he did not know any better. I had no right. idea that he couldn't do that. Right. I was like, he just had no, to, he really had no one to guide him. Right. Just for the yeah. simplest things. Yeah. yeah. He, had, he had to come up with everything on his own. And, you know, to him, it's like, well, why not? Like, you just can't litter like that. Are you crazy? Right. You can't happen. just like throw things out the window. Yeah. So yeah. you have to constantly just reinforce these things and guide them through it. Right. right. You're constantly doing that. Right. I mean, again, it just... Like, I think it's easier when they're like little kids because you can start doing yeah. that from the beginning. Right. Yeah. As they get older, at that age, it's just a little bit more harder to make yeah. it sink in. Right. And, and, and certain things are always going to be there. They're always going to be there. There's just, there's nothing, you know, we've got to accept that there are certain things mm-hmm. that we'll just never get rid of. You know, they right. just, it just won't happen. Um, like what? But, like but it's what okay. Kind of yeah, like what? Like, t- like temper um, or. Yeah, like like losing his temper really, yeah. really quickly. Um, the frustration, yeah. especially when it's something that he doesn't want to do. So yeah. I don't know um, how much I told you, but when when we got him, he was diagnosed with everything under the sun, mm-hmm. defiant disorder. This and everything. Yeah. He was taking like eleven different pills. You know, stuff that I was taking for my blood pressure, and he was taking oh, to, yeah. to bring him down. So you know, yeah. we worked with a psychiatrist and a therapist, and we finally weaned him all off it. But we had to yeah. find natural ways to get him through it. Yeah. So you know, we got the trampoline and we put him in gymnastics and, and this that and the other, and we kind of to work his energy out. Yeah. But there's certain things that you know, when he's just frustrated, um, you still push to try to get him to do the homework. You still push to try to get him to, you know, clean the room because he's got to learn how to do these things yep. on his own. But now I know at a certain point, it's just, just there's just no point in even trying anymore. You mm-hmm. know, he's just done. It's like doing push-ups. You get to a point where you just cannot do one more. No matter how much the yeah. mind is willing, you cannot do it. And he gets to that point with, with like math and homework and yep. certain things. And then you just learn it's just, all right. So now we learn to do it in small bites. Everything yep. in small bites. You know, when we, we're leaving, you know, it's time yep. to leave. You start telling them 45 minutes ahead of time, then 30 minutes yep. ahead of time, then yep. 15 minutes ahead of time. But that's you, you learn these normal things. kid behavior. But, but he just will, but he still to this day will not just start getting ready 30 minutes. No, ahead. but neither will Isabella. Like, neither will my <laughs> yeah, daughter. Like, she just doesn't. But, like, also, it's interesting because even though we adopted her when she was, or not adopted, but brought her home, fostered her when she was three and a half weeks old. She still has trauma, right? Like there's still trauma there. There's a, the trauma of the nine months in utero that were very traumatic. There's a traumatic birth situation. There's a traumatic, um, you know, leaving separation from the, you know, the person that you were just with for nine months. So it's like there, there's a lot of that trauma and a lot of stuff that I know will never go away, even though she was only three and a half weeks old. There's still trauma there. And I I think sometimes people don't realize that. I mean, I don't think it's as pronounced. I think that certainly the longer a kid has been in the system, they've have mm-hmm. way more baggage. But um sure. and that and that's why I think it's so amazing for to for people to adopt older children, like to take yeah. a chance, so to speak, on a kid who's been in the system because there is going to be more stuff. There just is. You know, yeah. and I mean, I, I hear that a lot from like 
people are just like, oh, I can't because, you know, it's just there's going to be too much. And, you know, but I mean, you guys yeah. don't have any special degrees or anything and you're you're doing a great job. Well, well it's interesting, like with your daughter, Isabella, right? I mean, uh-huh. was she just one day sort of just handed to you? And that was the first time because I mean, we're lucky because we actually spent what, like eight months every weekend together? To, to it was quick. Right. We did the process in less than a year, but I, I am I am tenacious and mm-hmm. I'm kind of a monster. And, you know, everything kept, they kept saying, these things take time. Okay, I'm like, what things? Okay, how much time? <laughs> right. Right, what, what is well, it? When I used to, to say, you know, what, what are the steps? Okay, don't just tell me things take time. Yeah. So yeah. if they told me, you know, this was step one, step two, step three, um, and I come back and I'm like, okay, third step done, what's next? They'd yeah. be like, well, you know, and they 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 consider him an unadoptable. I think they introduced us as, like I said, a failed placement. Um, oh. It was his third failed adoption, and they just oh, wanted to. Like no, no, no. The the social worker. Yeah. Right. And she was. I think that day, like I said, I was just frustrated, and she was like, "Well, some kid came available. Let me introduce you." And wow. I think it was more of, uh, "You'll see what these kids are really like." Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just an instant connection. He was just, he had a little attitude and <laughs> had a little mouth on him. And, yep. um, but he just, he but that's interacted. What we liked about him. Yeah, he right. interacted yeah. with us like immediately, right. no shyness, no, I mean, and he just seemed like us, our yes. type of people. He was a little sarcastic. Right. He was a little cheeky. I mean, you sit there and say, I mean, who wants someone who's going to do everything you tell them to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was totally. a little bit defiant, pushback. You know, right. he just started playing the games and he just walked to some, some huge teenagers and asked them to play, get into their basketball. And yeah. he was terrible at it, but he kept doing it. And it was, just, it was just that day. And I said, I think we just met our son. And that was it. Oh, yeah. yeah. But so, so for you, cool. Isabella, was she just all of a sudden just one day put in your arms or how did that work so for you? So she... Um, so we, it's such a long, long story that I would love to share with you guys sometime. I, I don't know that I can tell the whole thing, but we basically, um, we went to pick her up in the hospital. I had gotten the call on a Friday about a baby girl who was available for adoption, blah, blah, blah. They, they started saying, oh, you know, not available for adoption right away, but to foster, but that they thought it might be a good chance of us being able to adopt because the birth mom had already had one child taken, um, like lost a child to the system. And so that, uh, basically the, the more times that's happened, then the more likely the next placement is going to result in adoption. Right. So, yeah. So, so there was that. And then she also had heart surgery, um, three days after birth. And so Mm. she was still in the NICU and the birth parents had never come back to like they basically left and just never came back. And so she was in the NICU and you know she she was recovering from heart surgery, like open heart surgery. So they told us about her on Friday and then I was driving to an audition and I I get the call and I pull over and they tell me and yes, okay, like we'll take her go into the audition come back out and I'm driving home and I'm calling Joe and I'm like we got it. we're going to have a baby, you know, all this stuff and then they call back and they're like, we're so sorry. We made a mistake. This baby oh, is no. medically fragile. Um, we can't give her to you. But, you know, at least you practice saying yes and, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, oh, I really felt like it was OK. All right. Whatever. And so, OK, yeah, call him back. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, we're not not this baby. 
So Monday, I'm at my agency for another audition. I'm, I'm a voice actor for listeners who don't know this. And so I'm sitting there. And for whatever reason, that day, there were... Um, there was a pregnant lady who was in the lobby. There was another person who had like a little baby. There was another, you know, it was just all these babies and kids and every, they were all talking. And uh, they looked over at me and they said, what about you, Rachel? Do, do you have any kids? And I was like, well, I almost did. <laughs> I start telling oh them gosh. the story. My phone rings. I pick it up and it's the social worker. And he's like, remember that baby girl I called you about on Friday? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, they reassessed her over the weekend and she is actually available. Like, do you still mm -hmm. want her? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, yes. Oh my God. Yeah. So I called Joe back and he's like, you better go in there and tell your agent right now. And so I'm like, okay. And so, yeah, so we got to pick her up. Um, from the hospital, which was like such a dream of mine. It was when, when they were telling us the instructions originally, they were, um, I, they were going to deliver her. And I felt so sad because I, I had heard of people being able to like go, you know, sometimes they're present at the birth or whatever. And I really wanted that peace for me. Mm -hmm. Like I just wanted that peace. And so I was so sad. And so we're on the phone with the social worker and she's going through all the things. And she she was kind of complaining about like, oh, I have to drive all the way up here and I have to do this and blah, blah. And she was like all like, you know, upset about everything. And so I said, hey, what it help you guys out if we just went to pick her up and she was mm -hmm. like you would do that and I was like yeah we would love to do that and she was like really and I was like um yeah we absolutely just tell us where to go like tell us what to do so yeah that's yeah. that's what we did so we got to like go in and she was in the NICU she had all these um like so, you know stuff all over like you know wires coming out of her and everything and yeah and then the social worker was, was there, met you at the hospital, and then and that the social worker put met in us your there. And so they said we were we were looking all around the hospital. We got lost. It was like UCLA Westwood. It was like this big, huge hospital. We finally get up there and we we go in, and we're like, we're here to see Isabella. And um, the nurse is like, oh, Isabella, we love Isabella. And I was like, oh, and we go over, and then yeah, they just they took her and they just put her into our arms and. And then we sat with her and we just sat with her for a while, um, probably like 30 minutes or something. And then they were like, okay, like she needs, you know, a change or, sure. or whatever it was. And, and then the social worker like brought us into a room and like told us, told us all the stuff. And it was just crazy. It was a, such wow. a crazy, yeah. like, yeah. And, and I mean, there's that's a lot. lot. It's hard to get one foster to adopt. I wouldn't be able, my heart wouldn't be able to take it. I mean, it well, so you hard. had to give them yeah. back. Exactly. I know. Right? It didn't, didn't work out or that. Just you getting that phone call without even having met the baby, your heart was broken. Imagine, I know. You know, again, spending an hour, spending a day, spending a week, spending a year. Yes. I've heard of, you know, after a year, parents show up and yeah. that's it. And, oh, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I, my heart couldn't take it. So I know it was really hard that that with her, it was really difficult. It was a two and a half year journey and, and a two and a half year just panic that that was going to happen. Although we yeah. never had contact with the birth family. So it was different from a lot of people's stories because we never had to do visits or anything like that. They were just gone like MIA. Yeah. And um, but with with my son, we didn't have that because he was a safe surrender. So even though it took almost two years still it there was never that fear that he was going to be taken away from us except for the first right. two weeks because they get like 15 days or something to to change their mind and come back so uh -huh. those first 15 days we were like ah. 
And then after that, it was kind of they they actually told us that they still could. The birth mom conceivably could come back and say she made a mistake for the a good long time. And they would still probably That's replace. always the ultimate it, yeah, goal. Yeah. Exactly. So to get them back with the yeah, they terminated they terminated his parents' rights for a while. Yeah, what do you call that? We, yeah, t- TBR rights, you know? termination. Of- TBR, yeah, yes. TBR, yeah. But so you know that that had been done. The issue with him was um, he really fought every single person that tried to adopt. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did his loving best to make sure that it failed. Yep. Um, I mean, I can tell you stories. Well, and we knew all these stories. We knew all of this and, you know, and, and all that. But um, I remember him coming that first night he stayed at our house. Um, we had a glass on the on the kitchen counter mm-hmm. and he was having a fit. And so, you know, I was just trying to move him out of the room. Mm-hmm. And he went to pick up that glass and he was about to throw it. And I knew that was, you know, from his father was something like to do. Yeah. And I looked at him straight in the eyes like, you drop that. <laughs> he said, you throw that and you will never come back to our house he put it down that was it never happened again wow never happened again that's amazing yeah can i just say one thing and just if if we're gonna do foster to forever right i do think it would be important to talk about i'm sure there are amazing foster families out there and i'm sure of it but i'm sure that like there are so many bad foster families yes and i think we should talk about that absolutely yeah. Well, it's just I feel like they're doing it for the money yep. and they're not really providing kids with the basics. I think social workers are going to visit and they're just covering things up. I, I, I believe you think the they're social workers are covering, but they're overwhelmed. They're, they're really no, not the social workers. Oh, the, the, the families, the, the families yes. that are fostering. Yes. They're making it sound like everything looks yes. great. And I think as soon as the social worker is gone, they're really doing like nothing for the child. Yep. I think. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we were. He was in clothes that were five times, five sizes too big. Yeah. I'm sure. Like, his, yeah. His, the clothes he was wearing when we'd pick him up horrible. were just. He never had underwear. They on. were never uh, clean. I mean, he didn't, basic he, stuff. He was really underweight. I mean, extremely, yeah, extremely underweight. Wow. Horrible haircut. Looked yeah. like. Ridiculous. And she was getting like two, two grand a month because yeah. he was considered. Uh, yeah. You know, um, she had like three or four kids. Yeah, he was, was getting special money. needs and all that. Yep. And you know now. I just, we couldn't move. We would have to, we would buy him, bring him clothes and everything on the day. And we were only supposed to have one hour visits. Mm-hmm. And she asked us to come early in the morning and keep him by eight o'clock at night. Day. Wow. She wanted us even the entire day. She was like, don't tell the social worker. Yeah. And then she would just go out. She would just be out of the town oh. or whatever. And, um, and then we would bring him back. And um, again, all of these were just, it was, in our journey was just meant to be, meant to be. I don't believe in any of these. I'm not superstitious or anything, but his middle name is the same as my husband's name. Know. You know, he's a twin. My husband's a twin. Yes. You know, there were so many dates in the line and it was just, it was just odd the way everything happened. Yes. And, um, and it's just like, you can't ignore it. I'm sure I just notice it more because it's happening to me. I really am not very superstitious, but there's certain things you just cannot yeah. deny. I think the stars lined up for us. Yep. I mean, if you had been here earlier, you would know that's a meant to be moment. Yeah, it just it just it, it right. still feels that way. I, you know, and it still feels like that every day. I know. Honestly, yeah, I mean, and then, then things happen every day where you know my words come out of his mouth naturally. You know, yeah. some of the mannerisms that he picks up and certain other, and it just you know, or or just certain ways that he thinks or yep. things that happen. It just you know, um, or something might happen that used to happen to me and my brothers when we were little. And I knew exactly where to go with it, and, and you know, and it just. How that happens, how it aligns is maybe tricks of the memory. Ah, who knows? I know. But um, 
I think people should listen to it when it happens. Yes. You know, um, the, the, again, I'm not superstitious. I say that, but then there's this one thing that happens to me and to not to get, of course, but, um, I would get lost in a certain neighborhood or something or, mm-hmm. you know, miss an exit. Mm-hmm. And then the, like two, three weeks would go by, maybe no more than that. And there was like some kind of opportunity in that neighborhood or in that area mm, or somewhere yes. where I never would have been That's before. Right. And mm. I most likely would say no, but because it happened, I will always say yes. Does it always work out? No, right. but I have had some amazing experiences for following that. Yeah. And this was one of them. I to- I for sure. believe all that stuff. I really do. Um, yeah. Listen, you guys, I have loved talking to you. I've loved meeting you, Carlos. Mm-hmm. I really want to like someday hang out with you guys and like drink wine or something. Um, yeah, it's definitely. so good to see you, Ted. And like, I'm yeah, so, it's so great to see you so too. happy for you. And Daniel is so amazing. What a what an amazing human. Yeah. I call my kids and I'm sure you feel this way. My kids are warriors. Like they're warriors. They fought to be here and they're here and they're amazing humans. And I feel that yeah. for him too. So anyway, I'm just really happy yeah. for you guys. And thank you for doing this. This has been the Foster to Forever podcast. Happy stories of non-traditional families born through Foster to Adopt. Produced by Aquarius Rising. Edited by Jason Sarubi at Split Rock Studios. Original music composed by Joe Fulginetti. For more information or to stay in touch, visit from foster2forever.com. That's from foster, the number two, forever.com. And stay connected with us on Instagram at foster2foreverpodcast. That's foster, the number two, forever podcast. We'll see you next time.